Welcome back to Silent Sales Machine Radio. I'm your host, Jim Cockrum. You can find all the links, anything we reference today in the show at silentjim.com. The website silentjim, G-I-M, that's me, dot com has all the links and all the resources. If you just go to our podcast area, look for today's episode, you'll see show notes with all the links and resources, anything we talk about today. If you want more information, you want to join our free community, which is growing rapidly. If you want to get on our newsletter, you want to find out more about this community, what we have to offer, you only need to remember one website, silentgym.com. Hey, today we're going to talk to those who feel like they're still learning some rough lessons about what it means to have an Amazon-based business. So maybe you're new, or maybe you've been doing it a little while, but you still feel like you're kind of bumping your head in the dark or stubbing your toe and being surprised from time to time with what's actually involved in building a profitable, successful business on Amazon. Now, here's the good news. There's several bits of good news throughout this podcast episode today, but the good news is if it was super simple, if it was so easy, you could teach a three-year-old to do it, there wouldn't be any opportunity there anymore. So thank goodness for these challenges, these little challenges, these little things that pull you to the side, the distractions, the things you kind of, the box you forgot to check, you know, all these little details, that's what keeps it challenging which means lazy people simply aren't going to go down the path and make it happen. I can tell you a lot of the people who have succeeded, actually I would say everyone who succeeded selling on Amazon, and remember there's tens of thousands of people. The new data is due to be out soon, but the most recent data we have is that 50,000 people sold half a million dollars or more of inventory on Amazon the most recent year that was looked at. Well, hey, that number is going to do nothing but shoot up. There's plenty of opportunity, but none of those people are stumbling their way into accidentally building a successful business. There are challenges that you're going to have to overcome. Well, what are they? What are these little things where we can learn from someone else's mistakes, learn from someone else's journey, and condense that all down into a single podcast episode? Can we do that? Is that possible? Well, I'm going to do my best to do that today. And this podcast episode is based on what turned out to be a fairly popular discussion thread in our Facebook group, where one of our members made a post saying they were one year into their Amazon journey, and they made a list of a handful of things, 15 or so things that they wish they'd known early on, the things they wish they'd have figured out faster the lessons that they kind of learned the hard way and they picked up piecemeal here and there. And it turned out to be a really good discussion. And from my vantage point, these are all things that I know I've been exposed to this and thousands of others in our community are going to look at most of this list and think to themselves, well, yeah, I've known that forever. Who who wouldn't know that? But there's a lot of people who are new, who are still fumbling their way through this still making mistakes. We all make mistakes. That'll never happen. You'll always be learning new things. That will always happen. But there is a set of fairly predictable traps and derailments that you can be distracted by if someone doesn't warn you. So this is a 
a warning episode. Hey, here's some things to pay attention to. Here's some things you should know about. And I thought it was a great discussion. Some people added in their own. I'd love for you to jump in and join this discussion. Once you've heard this podcast episode, you can certainly jump over and jump in to this discussion, add your own tips and ideas and strategies, your own challenges, the times when you bumped your head in the dark and you wish somebody had told you. You know, if it was possible, I don't know if you ever watched the uh, the Matrix movies. I think they're making another Matrix movie, and not to sci-fi weird out on anybody, but um, I did like the Matrix movies. But one of the things, one of the features of that movie, for those who didn't see it, was you could put yourself into a chair and plug yourself up to a computer and have someone slip in a, a cartridge into the computer and make you your head full of all the knowledge required to say, you know, learn a martial art or learn a new language, or you just like plug it in. Right. And suddenly once the download was complete, you hopped up and you had this new skill set because your brain had been wired through required, required information. And now boom, off you went. Well, if we could do that with teaching you how to build an Amazon business, we would, if there was a cool way to do, we would, but instead it takes time. It takes commitment to the process. You're going to make some mistakes. We can't possibly make a podcast that talks only to one person and addresses just your issues and checks those boxes one at a time on the challenges that you're facing and the questions you have and what you should do next. We have a coaching program for that. That requires one-on-one attention. But if you're looking to gain as much knowledge as fast as you can, hanging out in a community of other people who are trying to head in the same direction you are while listening to a podcast that addresses the most common challenges and issues, well, that's the next best thing, I hope you'll agree, to putting yourself in a matrix chair, strapping down and having someone plug in a cartridge, which is impossible to actually perform. And it would make me a little nervous too, because like, you know, what if you get some bad code or whatever? Like, I don't want to go that route. I'd rather always be learning. I love the experience of learning as I go, making some little mistakes here and there, learning from other people who have already been down this road. That's why you need to be surrounded with people who are a little further behind you down the path and a little ahead of you on the path that you're on. You got to know what path you're on to do that. Then you got to find a group of people who are using that path and talk to people who are a little ahead of you and to people who are a little behind. And it becomes very valuable. So with that set up, let's go through some of the very specific tips that this was from Susie Everroad. Thanks, Susie, for dropping this into the Facebook group. She warned everyone at the beginning of her post that this was going to be a long post. And this was her year review of her first full year of trying to build an Amazon business, part-time on the side, but nonetheless, her first year of experience. And her business is now... um, just basically, this is me summing up her statement. It's now in a place where she has an incredible foundation. She's learned all the lessons. She knows a lot of the tricks. She knows where she was wasting money before. She knows what the time wasters were. She can get straight to making money, finding profitable product, knowing her numbers. She's put all those ducks in a row now to where she really has an incredible platform. And it shouldn't take you a year to get to that point. You know, for every person we have like Susie, who said, wow, it's kind of taken me a year to learn these lessons. Probably a part-time effort, a lot of other life interruptions going on, a lot of other challenges in life, things happening. For every person like Susie, we have someone else who comes along and in 30 days, they've blown past where any of us ever imagined someone could be in six or nine months. They just pick it up, they run with it, 
they overcome obstacles. They, they put in the time is the main thing. They're constantly learning and they overcome these challenges much faster than others. It has nothing to do with how smart you are. It has to do with how much time you have, how committed you are to the process, how eager you are to learn new things, how much you're consuming the content from this community. Did you grab a coach or not? Do you have to still work full time or not? You know, do you have a sick family member that you're taking care of? Do you have young kids? You have to change your diapers constantly and keep them from hurting themselves. You know, there's stages of life and different challenges. So all that being said, I think we all kind of arrive at that point of competency with about the same number of hours put in. Just some of us have more hours we can put in, more focused energy we can put in more quickly than others. Susie took her a year to get to this point. And that can happen. Yes, it can take that long. That's about the longest I ever see it take. But what a good example. So this is this is someone who took a year to get to themselves to the point where they're fully confident and ready to roll forward and excited and enthusiastic about the future. But that first year was full of a lot of little lessons that she picked up here and there. And yes, she is a proven Amazon course student making her way through the proven Amazon course as the foundation. Okay, so what were some of the lessons that Susie dropped in this post and that started such a great discussion. First lesson, I love this one. Don't buy every app that someone mentions as being helpful. And this, I'm putting some of my own spin and words on some of these points that she's making. I'm not just going to read this letter. You can go do that yourself. We'll put the link in the show notes. First, she says, don't buy every app that someone mentions. Just keep the ones that make you money or save you time. And I would even say the ones that save you time, don't even buy those yet. Until your business is making money, don't even worry about trying to save yourself time. Only put your money into the ones that make you money. And I'll tell you this, the only one you need when you're starting out, there's literally no other app that you need besides the Amazon seller app. And it's free. Once you're an Amazon seller, you got the Amazon seller app. It's free. You don't need to buy any other apps. Notice we, you don't find us around here pushing a bunch of new apps constantly. Now we'll mention ones that are helpful but none of us are using all the apps that we mention around here. There's just so many of them. One of the more popular apps that we don't receive a dime for mentioning is Keepa, K-E-E-P-A. Learning to read the Keepa charts. What Keepa does is they look at the long-term historical prices of individual items on Amazon because Amazon won't tell you that. If you go on amazon.com right now and look up an ACE and look up one of the products, there's no way for you to know what it was priced at yesterday or the day before or six months or a year ago. There's no way for you to know that information. Well, keep it keeps track of that. They're actually scraping Amazon in a way that I'm pretty sure Amazon isn't real happy about, which is why they're kind of a secretive company. And they stick all that data into an app and you can see the price history. How stable is it? How many people are selling this product? What causes it to go up and down? And you can make good decisions based on that information. Keepa is, is pretty solid with that data. So that's the next app that we sometimes suggest people get, but you don't even need that to get rocking, to get started. You don't have to have it. But all these other thousand apps that you can get, no, you don't need them to start making money and to prove this works. So absolutely agree with the assessment by Susie. Don't buy a bunch of apps that, are, that people mention. And if you go through the proven Amazon course, you're not going to find us pounding a bunch of different apps that you need. We don't upsell you. We give you the information you need so you can begin doing this business. Next point she makes goes right along with this. Don't buy every course that comes out. I completely agree with that. And don't even have to say it as strongly. Don't buy a bunch of courses. Don't even invest in a new course every month. 
the cool thing about the proven Amazon course is you buy it one time, we add new content in constantly. Updates, we purge out the old if it's irrelevant. We add in new at no cost to our students. It's been that way for 10 years. The course just keeps getting better over time. There's no need for you to buy every course. Buy one course. That's the only one you'll ever need. It's going to keep you updated, current, and informed on what the latest trends and exciting concepts are that are coming down the pike. Now, you will notice that we advertise other Amazon-related courses to our community from time to time, but all of those end up going into the Proven Amazon course. We are very transparent about that. That's been our strategy from day one with the Proven Amazon course is anything we create, yes, we'll sell it separately on its own, but after a few months, we also drop it right into the Proven Amazon course. So our Proven Amazon course students are very, very well taken care of with zero additional investment. To my knowledge, we're the only ones in the industry that do that. Next, she says your spreadsheet must have all costs to determine the actual cost of goods, COG, COGS, COGS, cost of goods sold. That's a business acronym. If you've never heard of it, that's what it means, COGS, cost of goods sold. Some examples she gives are the FBA fees from Amazon, the prep fees, like your bubble wrap, your boxes, your tape. If you have a team working on those things for you, what are you paying them? The shipping to Amazon, how much it costs you to ship the items, the storage fees, taxes. Once you add up all of those, you've got to know your numbers. And we've had other podcast episodes that help you know your numbers. But just because you see a $5 item on the shelf at the store and it's selling for $10 on Amazon, that doesn't mean you're going to go make $5. That's all she's saying there. When you sell it, there's going to be fees involved. Actually, the rule of thumb is if you can't triple your money on those lower priced items, typically you're not going to take much home. So let's say you find a $10 item on the shelf and it's selling for $30 on Amazon. Yeah, you'll probably make some money on that. You'll make $5 to $10 on average, depending on the size and some other factors. About a third of it's going to go to fees of some kind, cost of goods of some kind. Okay, so it's just using round numbers. But you've got to know your numbers. You've got to track them. When you're getting started, it's my opinion that you don't need to dive super deep into the numbers and know them all when you're getting started. I'm talking about your first 20 to 50 items that you sell. Learn the process. Go back and look at the numbers. Track every expense. What did it actually cost you? Count your own time in there. Gas, time invested, time away from your family. What's the true cost of having this business running? Those are all, from my vantage point, those are all the cost of doing business. What's the real cost here? What's it costing you? Know those numbers. Keep track of it. Like I said, we've mentioned tools in the past. Uh, I think one of them was uh, Sellerboard. We did a podcast episode with them. Those guys are good. We're not getting paid any money, by the way, for endorsing them. Um, they just, they've got a decent product that helps you know your numbers. There's a lot of other products out there that do the same thing, help you know all your numbers. So with uh, Sellerboard, you can go listen to that podcast episode. I believe you go to silentgym.com slash numbers. And that has a link over to that podcast. Making myself a note here now. So I don't forget to put that in the show notes. There's a podcast episode where we talk to them and that tool has a good reputation. A good handful of other tools do as well. Do your research, but if, even if it's just a spreadsheet at first, that's perfectly fine. Know your numbers. Uh, the next point she makes is the cost of the tools and subscriptions that you have. Kind of making the same point again. You know, you can find yourself joining paid groups and 
paid membership tools and subscriptions and you know add all that up you've got to keep track of it all the next tip she gives has to do with an app that i mentioned earlier keepa which is a very popular app k e e p a keepa again that's the pricing app that tells you the historical pricing of different items on amazon so when you're looking them up you can know is this Am I looking at something that just happens to be spiking with a high price right now, or does it have a pretty good, strong history of staying up at this nice high-level price? She says, make sure you look at the three-month and the year view to help prevent making bad buys. Good tip. Next, she says, figure out how low you can sell a product for if the price drops. So for example, let's take uh, that $10 item that we bought, and right now, it looks like it's selling for $50 on Amazon, right? Bought it for 10, sell it for 50. Surely there's going to be some margin in there, right? Well, if you really know your numbers, you can go in and do the math and figure out that I'll still make money or I'll break even if I sell it for as low as $26, let's say. If you know your numbers, you can say, as long as I sell it for $26 or more, I'm either breaking even or making money. So if you can identify that number with your, each of your products, that's going to really help you because you can build that right into your strategy. You can actually put it right into your product ID number. The MSKU is what Amazon calls it. So you can put a lot of times what we'll do when we're making, you know, you can assign your own code to each of your inventory items. So what we'll put on there is the date we bought it, maybe where we bought it from. If we had a partner who gets a commission, there's a code there for that. And you can put right in there, maybe the last two numbers would be dash two seven, meaning as long as I sell this for $27, I've broken even, right? So you build it right in and that way you can make quick decisions when you're looking over your numbers and know, am I losing money, making money on this product? How low can I drop my price and still be okay? Does that make sense? It's a pretty good strategy. I like that. Next, she says, track your mileage. Yes, track every deduction. Having a business means a lot of the activities that you do every day are deductible. Talk to a good accountant. They can tell you. That's why everybody should have a side business, even if you're just breaking even. Because of all the tax deductions, you can get some of your meals paid for now. You meet with another business person and you have a great meal. Instead of just having, hanging out and having fun, you make it a business meal. You save some money. There's all kinds of creative ways to do tax deductions. It's a journey to learn these things. Thanks to the spaghetti code that is the U.S. tax code here in the United States, I know it's ridiculously confusing. Having a good accountant is almost mandatory to figure these things out. But there's a lot of great deductions that you can take, lowering the amount of taxes that you pay, which as you begin to succeed in business, that's going to be the biggest check you write is to the federal government. That's just the reality of it. Get used to writing really big fat checks. And if I sound a little bitter, it's because I've written some really, really, really big fat checks that have slowed my business way down because I got to pay my taxes. Everybody does. But if you can take those deductions, wow, that's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful way to keep a little bit of that money that you're sending off to the government. Mileage is an easy one. Track your mileage, the wear and tear on your car, all these things. If you're driving around, doing business, you're buying the box tape, the boxes, all your business expenses, any courses that you buy, the proven Amazon course, for example, any education you invest in, those are deductible expenses, meaning you don't pay taxes on the money you spent 
on those items as long as you track and report it. That's why accountants always tell you, keep your receipts, keep your receipts, print out any proof of any purchases that went towards your business. You check your mileage. You got to track these things because if you're audited, you got to show proof that you actually spent money on those items. Next, she says, always use discount sites. She gives some examples, Ebates, Rakuten, and other discount sites. These help cover your tools, your subscriptions, anything that you're paying for monthly. Use discount sites and cashback credit cards to maximize your margins. Basically, things, you know, there's shopping clubs and things. There's all kinds of, we talk about all of these in our courses and our Facebook group. But instead of just paying retail, like on Amazon, for example, if you use an Amazon credit card, I think it's three or 5% cash back, something like that, credited towards future Amazon purchases. You know, use those kind of cards responsibly. There's a huge difference. I know we have a lot of Dave Ramsey fans in our community. And when Dave Ramsey talks about using credit card points, he's always quick to point out that he's never met a millionaire who got there using points on a credit card. And I completely agree. You're not going to become a millionaire. But if you use a points card responsibly and you're buying a lot of inventory and a lot of other things for your business, you can put thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars back in the bank every year without paying any interest if you pay it off responsibly. It takes discipline. You've got to track it. But those are the kind of ways that you can start to build a lot more margin. And I talked to one seller even one time. He said, basically, my take-home pay at the end of the year is the amount of money that we generated in credit card points. Like if we weren't using those three and 5% cash back cards for all of our business activity, that's my paycheck. Those several hundred thousand dollars that are generated through those cards, that's my pay for running this multi-million dollar business, moving all this inventory. My pay is the several hundred thousand dollars that comes in from those points. So if he just started running a cash only business using a debit card, pulling cash straight from his bank account instead of using a credit card, there goes his paycheck. He's got a break-even business instead of a business earning several hundred thousand dollars for, for his own pay. Pretty fascinating, huh? So, but, so those numbers really add up. Protecting your margin really adds up. The 5% here, the 2% there, stacking your discounts, getting good at couponing is another one that she mentions. Those things add up. That's part of being a responsible business owner. So often we think of running a business as sticking hoses into a bathtub. Like as long as I'm sticking more hoses into this bathtub, more income, more money coming in, we're good. Well, what you got to get good at is from time to time, either you or someone else plugging those little holes that are always popping up in the bottom of the bathtub. That's the, you know, spending a little time to find the coupon, find that 20% off coupon, take advantage of that buying shopping discount card. You know, if I spend a hundred dollars to get into the discount club, over the next year, that's going to save us $3,000 in fees. Okay, let's go ahead and invest in that discount club, right? Paying attention to those little ways you can plug the holes in the bottom of the bathtub is how I like to think of it. Get good at that. You'll always be improving it. We like to fill our course and our content our, and our group is full of those little tips that you can just stack on top of each other. Hey, this is Jim. Sorry to interrupt this fantastic episode, but I wanted to alert you very quickly before we jump back to the show about today's sponsor. This episode is sponsored by The Legends Group. That is a small group of sellers who gather primarily on Facebook, but also live at a couple events per year and talk about how to source products successfully to sell on Amazon. They specialize in retail arbitrage 
and online arbitrage strategies. If you want to check them out and find out more about them, there's only one link to use. That's provenamazoncourse.com slash legends. Again, provenamazoncourse.com slash legends. Go ahead and check them out. It is a phenomenal group. You can drop out anytime you want, but I think you're going to love the regular trainings, the positive atmosphere. It's like a big family. And if you want to hang out with other people who are doing creative things, sourcing retail and online arbitrage style for Amazon, that is where you want to be. Hey, let's jump back into the show now. Okay, what's next? Always check clearance aisles when you're in any store for a big bang for the buck, but don't forget to check Keepa before you snag what you think is a good deal. Meaning, but what she means by checking Keepa is look at the price history of this item. Just because it's selling for $5 today and you can sell it for $30 on Amazon today doesn't mean that that product doesn't swing between $2 and $30 every month up and down. And you're probably going to have a hard time moving it for more than $10. If you look at the price data over a long period of time, rather than just what it's priced at today, there's that lesson coming back again. So she hit that one several times. Um, This next one's one of my favorites. I think this is a bigger picture, evergreen advice for your business. We talk about it all the time around here. It was first introduced to our community by my partner, Brett's father-in-law, Scott, who is a valued advisor to a lot of the activities going on around here. He puts it this way, bolt, don't bounce. That's bolt, B-O-L-T, don't bounce. If you've never heard that concept discussed before, I could probably do a whole podcast episode on it, but in summation, it's an easy lesson to learn and understand what I'm saying. We are all prone to bouncing as entrepreneurs, meaning it's called shiny object syndrome sometimes. We're bouncing from idea to idea to idea. We see a course, we see an idea, we have an idea at three in the morning, we write it down. The next day, we clear our schedule so we can jump on this new exciting thing because it always looks easier and exciting when we first get started. And it can, and, and we don't like the drudgery of the things that we know work. That's boring. We don't want to be bored. So I'm going to bounce over to something new and exciting. You can't do that. You're never going to build a business if you bounce all over the place. Instead, have a bolt mentality, meaning I know this works. I know I can build a system here to turn $10 into $40 on repeat. I'm going to bolt down the process. I'm going to know my numbers. I'm going to bring in a good person to help me maintain this. I'm going to lock it down so that it's as close to self-sustaining and running up by itself that I possibly can, as I can. And then I'm going to consider another complementary income stream. I'm not going to bounce around and try to launch 30 income streams simultaneously. You'll never get any of them launched. That's just the way the world works. It's like trying to violate a law of physics. It's not going to happen. But if you bolt down one idea at a time, make it work, build a system around it, automate it to the greatest degree you possibly can while maintaining its profitability. An example would be retail arbitrage. I'm going to do as many products as I can on my own. We've seen people build million-dollar businesses by themselves with retail arbitrage. But at that point, you're probably well beyond the point where you should have hired somebody and taught them the system. So they're the ones spending time driving. Someone else is putting items in the box and putting tape on the box. Someone else is printing the labels. And you're building your business, taking it up to the next level. You bolt down one strategy, and then you 
add another strategy that complements it. So maybe you start doing some consulting. You advertise in your local community. I'm doing classes at the local library for $100. Come learn how to sell on Amazon. I'll help you get it set up, right? So you bolt that on. Now you've got complementary business models, right? You become a coach for us. We love hearing from our students who are succeeding that we have a little extra time to take some other students through the process. That's a great side income. It complements what you're already working on. It helps you raise up in the leadership of the industry that you're in, right? So you're bolting on. You go find other people who have inventory that they want to sell online. You help them get their Amazon account set up. You get paid. Complementary income streams being bolted on, automated as you go. That's the difference between bolting and bouncing. Hopefully that makes sense. If you don't know what your workday is going to look like day to day because there's just so many random thoughts and ideas and things bouncing through your head, you're not bolting very well. You're kind of bouncing. If you're not sure what you're doing, you're bouncing because bolting takes a great deal of discipline and effort, focused effort. Uh, the next tip she gives is nail down your favorite stores. Work one store at a time. Work one section of the store at a time, if possible. Get to know that specific. Now, I'm, I'm not 100% sold on this one, but she found this very helpful saying the more you can get at one store, it makes it more cost-effective for discounts and shipping. I totally agree with that. Totally makes sense. But I can't say that I have a lot of examples that pop into mind. Well, we did, we did have one. We did that, um, we did an entire podcast episode with J.R. Cagle, who's basically built close to a million dollar business sourcing from only one store. I'll stick that in the show notes too so that uh, you can go reference that. That was a popular one. He sources only at Target, which is a popular U.S. retail chain here in the United States, only at Target. And he's built a million-dollar business by himself. Pretty incredible. Pretty incredible for sure. So it can work just focusing on one store. And especially once you start thinking about all of the um, the reverse sourcing and replens strategies, R-E-P-L-E-N-S, Replens, that's a course that's sold at provenamazoncourse.com slash replens. It's content that will eventually be added into the Proven Amazon course, but for now it's sold separately as I'm recording this, like we do with all our Amazon content. Remember it, it gets added in eventually. But for those who are just chomping at the bit and couldn't wait to get started, Replens teaches you how to go into any aisle of any retail store And you may spend a little bit of time there. You're not scanning any barcodes and you're doing some creative research to find items that will sell over and over again profitably on Amazon. Really cool stuff. Pays for itself very quickly once you have that skill set. So from that vantage point, yeah, you can focus on just one store, maybe even just one aisle, one section of one store and do really well. So I would agree with the premise that uh, Susie lays down here that Bouncing around from store to store on a Saturday and trying to hit 15 stores and scan as many items as you can, that's exhausting. And I don't think anyone's suggesting that that's the strategy you use. You're going to want to specialize and kind of get to know a niche area, single store, single aisle, take advantage of it. Again, this kind of feels like bolt. Don't bounce, right? Bolt down, know what you're doing. So that's good stuff. I like that vantage point. Uh, Next, this is a really good tip, and I don't think I've ever mentioned this before on a podcast episode. This wasn't always necessary to conduct your business this way, but this is a really good tip. Close all of your listings that no longer have inventory or just delete them entirely. If you're not going to sell that product anymore, delete it. It's really good for your account health. It's a helpful, beneficial thing. I won't go into all the reasons why, but 
you will never regret deleting it. You can always add it back in later if you want to, but delete it out. You know, one of the reasons strategically is you won't have someone come along and file a complaint on that listing. It's like, man, I haven't even sold that thing in two years. But someone could come along and file a copyright infringement or something. Like you, you don't have to worry about that. If you're deleting out stuff that's not actively selling, just delete it out. Now, if you're temporarily out of stock of something and you're going to have more in, in six weeks, let's say, don't delete it. I'm just saying stuff that you're never going to sell anymore. Go ahead and delete it. It's good for your account health. There's lots of good reasons and no bad reasons. No bad results can come from deleting it out. Her next tip, some of you will like this. Some of you won't, but she says, be organized, clean up your workspace, organize your receipts, which I do definitely agree with. That really helps at tax time, quarterly, end of year. Um, it just makes things far less stressful to know where everything is. Be organized to have your receipts, not just in a big uh, barrel that you hand to your accountant, but you know, sorted by month at least. Um, right on there, right on your receipts is a suggestion I'd make. You know What the receipt was, the ink fades over time sometimes. I'll even write on the back the dollar amount what the receipt is. You know, I like to jot down when I, when I have receipts, what's going on with this receipt as a reminder to myself and anyone else that might look at it. And there's other great ways to organize receipts. That's not what this episode's about, but you've got to be organized, keep your office neat and clean. You know, psychology studies will tell us that efficiency comes from an organized space. It just does. Lack of organization is mentally stressful. Some of us operate well in a dirty office. It's not completely organized, but we have our own system. I'm not going to get into that debate. There is a good book on this. Uh, The title is Getting Things Done. I think it was David Allen, if I remember right, going off the top of my head. Sorry if that's the wrong author, but I got the title right. Getting Things Done, just helping you organize your life and your space and being able to operate in a state of not having to remember where you put things or what you need to do next you know, having to constantly track that in your mind, which frees up a lot of mental space. It takes a lot of stress out of your life to have your space organized. It really does. And knowing that the things you need are going to pop back into your life right when you need them, rather than trying to remember where you put everything. And that book helps you get there. Getting Things Done. Good book, especially for those of you who think you need to be a little more organized. Next, she makes the point that ROI is not the same for everyone. And she just talks about all the different costs of goods. It's kind of going back into that whole cost of goods. Again, you've got to know all of your expenses. You really need to know the true cost of taking that $5 product off the shelf at a retail store or wherever you're sourcing it, and then eventually selling it for $50 on Amazon and getting that check from Amazon. What were your expenses involved in that process? You've got to know your numbers. You know, she made this point a few different ways and it's worth repeating. Know your numbers, know your numbers, know your numbers. Because you can have a $100,000 a month business that's costing you $10,000 a month to operate. That's not sustainable. You're losing money. You're like a hamster running on a wheel and the wheel is shrinking in and, and slowly closing in on him. That's not the kind of business you want. You want to be accumulating resources. And there's definitely an easy way to know. Are you accumulating resources? Or are you losing resources? It's like it's kind of like the family budget. You know, we got X coming in every month. Hopefully we got, over time, we're consistently spending less than X outgoing month to month. Because if not, that zero line is coming at you. And the problem can't be fixed by debt permanently. It can only temporarily put a patch on it. And that just makes the inevitable day of you know 
running out even worse if you've got a bunch of debt stacked on top of it. You got to know your numbers. You've got to be disciplined about knowing your numbers. That's what I would think it used to be considered completely basic foundational knowledge of life and business, but some people don't think that way, I guess. They think, oh, I, I sold a $5 item for for $12, so I just made money. Well, no, there were there's shipping and time and gas and other expenses that go into this, the tape, the, the other materials. You've got to get good at tracking your numbers and know really what's going on. The more you know about your numbers, the better you are to make great decisions about what's really happening in your business. And one other thing that she that she pointed out after her year adventure, Susie made a comment below this in the post that says uh, she hadn't mentioned it yet, but she learned all these lessons from being in our Facebook group and in our Legends group, which is a group that focuses on, for those who don't know, our Legends group. It's one of those paid membership, monthly paid membership groups, but it focuses in, zeroes in on retail and online arbitrage strategies, the cutting edge, latest strategies for finding retail products. You can get details on our legends group at provenamazoncourse.com slash legends. But I would say don't join legends or buy any other courses or content or materials or apps until you're bolting down stuff that works. You're not going to build a profitable business by nickel and diming memberships and stacking apps and courses on top of each other. It's not how it works. The little buzz you get when you buy a new tool or course or an app, that's not what builds a business. It's your intentional focused effort of doing the work. But if you're starting to get some momentum and you want to be around some of the people who are really focusing in on that niche area that you're digging into, that can pay off big time. So the couple hundred dollars you might spend on a membership group per month can pay off a thousand times over if you're ready to do the work. So Sherry goes on to say, she learned all this from, uh, she mentions our free Facebook group, Legend of the Proven Amazon course, of course, uh, is, is mentioned in the webinars that we do for those students weekly. It's all just a matter of putting it together in a way that works for me, she said. Um, she said she looks at 2019 like it was a college education. That's a very healthy way to look at your online business building education. Because if you contrast what she just did with a college education, She'd be one year into a four or five year process at this point. She'd also be tens of thousands of dollars in debt, which she's not. She more than broke even. She put money in the bank. So compare this to a college education. I think she's come out way ahead from most what most people experience, especially like a liberal arts degree at a college. My goodness, tens of thousands or even $100,000 or more of debt with a career that's not necessarily going to lead to an occupation related to what you studied. Come on. This is a better option for sure, right? So she gives a big shout out to all the leadership and mentions several people by names from the different groups. So I won't, I won't plow through all of that. It's names you guys have all heard before, a lot of the great leaders from our community and um, gives a big shout out to the leadership team of the Facebook group. Awesome, awesome letter, uh, awesome post. And you, of course, can go join this Facebook post discussion if you'd like, and you can see everything that I've gone through today. A lot of other people jumped in and, and chimed in on her post as well and made some other great tips and points if you, wanna, if you want to go through and experience that. But more importantly than just this one post, this is what it's like in our Facebook group. It's very transparent. We don't cover over the ugly and only show the good, although we do like to highlight the success stories because those certainly inspire us to action. 
it's great to see somebody with fewer advantages and more excuses than you have building an incredible business. But there's also those people like Susie who spent their first year kind of learning some tough lessons, scraping their knee, stubbing their toe, banging their head on a beam in the dark that she didn't see coming, learning one little piece at a time as best she can with the time she has. And now she's on the cusp of truly building something special because she's learned the lessons that we shared today, so many other great ones. So because this post was so popular, I went ahead and just dove deep into it, gave my thoughts and and some of the other observations I made. And thank you to Susie for taking the time to write that great post. I thought she did a great job with it. And to those who chimed in and left other interesting comments and feedback and tidbits, we sure loved your participation as well. This Facebook group is truly something special. Like, uh, if I can just jump on a little sidebar as I start to wrap up this episode, I'm in a group, Facebook, it's by invitation only. It's for people who run large, successful Facebook groups. So it's a Facebook group for people who are administrators of large, active Facebook groups, right? I'm in that group. And one of the observations I, I need to make and tell you a little insider information on what it looks like inside of this group is that inevitably every day there's a message or two or 10 that pop up and there's drama and there's infighting and there's people being blocked and banned. I mean, there's police being called and and people talking about lawsuits, you know, one member to another or an admin or whatever. And I just sit back and think, wow, that's what Facebook groups around the world are experiencing as they've built these communities. And I contrast it with what we have. And I like to go in and I share lessons about some of the ways that we do things in in our group, because we've got this community of, there's this culture of support and positivity and success and encouragement. And sure, a clown comes along from time to time and we send them a note and we tell them there's probably other great groups where clowns hang out that they might enjoy more than ours. We send them on their way in their little clown car. But our group just doesn't experience that. We just don't. We have so many great people. And I think probably a big reason is we have a bit of an unfair advantage because as we've talked about before, if all I know about someone is they're building a profitable business and I know nothing else about them, I know that I'm dealing with somebody who almost certainly, especially if they've been running a profitable business for a while, let's say it this way, almost certainly has integrity, leadership qualities, they're servant-minded, they put others first. You have to, to build a business. If you're selfish, you can't build a successful business and a good reputation. You just can't. You have to provide more value than the dollars you're collecting. That's the definition of a giver. You're giving more than you're getting habitually, ritually, daily. So I know a lot about someone. If you're trying to build a profitable business, I know a lot about you. And when you get those people all hanging out together, it's, it's pretty special. It's a pretty mature, supportive, positive, energetic, encouraging group. And when someone falls down, there's plenty of people gathered around to pick you up, dust you off, and encourage you on your way. So our group does have a bit of an advantage there. But even other business building groups lack that positive culture that we've been able to establish. I think it has a lot to do with, well, there's several factors. And I'm not going to dive into that because that would be possibly a whole nother podcast episode, but it has a lot to do with the quality of the people in leadership around here, the team that helps moderate. We have the best moderators in the world. And we we have a pretty basic high standard. I will tell you this. If you want to be a leader in a group, you can't just 
be someone who loves leading and loves teaching, that's not good enough. You got to have a successful business. You got to come from a place of credibility before we'll let you lead. And I think some groups suffer from not having those kind of standards for their leaders. But that's just a theory. But that's that's our Facebook group. So if you're not in there, maybe at a minimum, you need to jump in so you can experience great posts and great discussions like the one we just went through with Susie. Thanks again. And if you have some great tips to share with other online sellers or business builders, hey, we'd love to hear it. Jump in, share your story, share your success, share your failures, ask for help, encourage others. It's a very transparent group that we run there and we're excited. Every time we see new members jump in, we're adding about 100 people a week, I'd say, on average, something like that. Coming up on 50-some, what are we, 56, 57,000? I'd need to look again as I record this. But it really is growing full of very special people. And and we block the vast majority of people who try to get into the group, by the way, because when you go to join the group, we're going to ask you a few questions and you need to actually answer those questions or you don't get into the group. They're not complicated questions, but we do weed out all the spammers and proactively weed out the clowns who are coming in and they think that they can get cute with their answers or they think they can just, you know, hit a single character and answer each question. It's four simple questions answer them using real words and you get into the group uh, and then you're exposed to our rules, read the rules and boom, you're off and running. And you can be participating with tens of thousands of business building warriors from around the world. It's a cool place to hang out. All right, God bless you, business building warrior. This is your friend, Jim, hoping that you have an incredible rest of your week. If you're listening to this in early 2020, as most listeners probably are because they We've noticed our podcast statistics tell us that about 80% of our listeners listen within the first week of being published. So most of you are listening to this content pretty quick after we recorded it, which means we're on the beginning edge of 2020, which is going to be something truly special. We're excited to partner with you to hear your success, to help you get over those hurdles that are challenging you so you can build an incredible business. That's what this podcast is all about. A lot of great guests coming up, some new exciting strategies coming at you that are being baked in the oven right now. They're almost ready. They smell delicious. You're going to love it when we bring them out and expose them to you. Uh, And of course, if you haven't been over to provenpromolist.com yet, and you've got products that are selling on Amazon that you'd like a little help to sell more of those products, now We're going to be able to sell just about anything with this concept very soon, but right now we're focusing just on Amazon. You need to get over to provenpromolist.com and watch that webinar that Brett and I did. Man, it's mind-blowing. This huge shopping list that we have, it's got the equivalent. Imagine if you had 12 million email addresses of buyers who are interested in random discounts on everyday products. What would you do? What would you sell them? Well, that's what we've got. And it's growing by thousands daily. It's an incredible list we've got. We need help promoting products to that list. We want to promote your product. Go check out the webinar at provenpromolist.com and see how all that works. It's just another great service that our team has put together providing for this community because we want to see you succeed. With that, I'm signing off. We're going to have another great episode for you very, very soon. And we'll talk to you then. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit SilentJim.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.